and welcome to Trusting After Trauma, Season 2, Rebuilding Resiliency After Narcissistic Abuse. I'm your host, Pi Venus Winslow. This informative interview series will provide valuable insights from experts who are dedicated to helping others heal from childhood trauma and narcissistic abuse so they can lead joyful, powerful, and fulfilling lives. Many of these professionals specialize in medicine, science, psychology, abuse recovery, personal development, energy work, and much more. I'm thrilled to have Tracy Malone here with us today. Tracy Malone is the founder of NarcissisticAbuseSupport.com, a global resource to victims of emotional abuse. Her website, NarcissisticAbuseSupport.com, concentrates on educating survivors and leading them to the resources they need to heal. Her passion is coaching survivors with a compassionate, understanding heart. Tracy is a survivor that is passionate about raising awareness on this subject. She is excited to share the empowering story of how she's turned her life around to help others do the same. Her first book should be out soon called Divorcing a Narcissist. You can't make this shit up. The <laughs> tricks pulled during divorce and strategies to be a Sir Thriver. Welcome, Tracy. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and talk to your audience and help them heal if I can. Yes, and you have so much experience. This book you're writing sounds amazing, by the way, and I love the title. Yeah, it's it's when when three clients said it in one day when they got on, like you're not going to believe this shit. Oh my god! I was like, that's the name of the book, and everybody just goes, really, you can't make it up. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure many of our viewers can relate to that. So. So when you see clients who are recovering from an abusive relationship, what do you see them struggle with the most? Well, I think it really depends on when they come into the funnel. When they come into the funnel and it's like deer in the headlights, this is what's happening, or maybe they've just learned that it was narcissistic abuse, there's often betrayal. There's often self um you know, internalization of if I had only done this or what if I had and, and things that they wish they could have done or, or something to save it because by the time they've gotten to the point where they're calling me up, they have learned enough that they are just like, what what, what do I do? How do I move past this? And, and I think all of those things, this sort of betrayal of, of a marriage, betrayal of a relationship puts anxiety, puts depression, and it puts fear in their hearts, fear of the future, fear of financially taking themselves, fear of, can I do it on my own? There's always those fears that, that just overlap everything. So you can be depressed, but you have to look at why are you depressed and why are you triggered by this? Fear is such an important thing because when we've been gaslighted and these narratives are in our head that let's say I'm not good enough or I'm not a good enough mom to take care of my kids, we have to look at the truth. We have to understand, well, that's what they said. That's those recordings. I am a good mom. I do the best that I can. That's what all any mom can do. And so when you're looking at that, you have to look at your fears. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And, and like you said, there's all kinds of fears that come up. I mean, if you're, if you're leaving like a current situation, um, an abusive current situation, or if you realize maybe like in my case, when I realized my, my mother was a narcissist. And then I, I remember the very next thought in my head was, oh my gosh, what did that do to me? And then like, really like thinking, oh my gosh, like my whole life, like, how do I even go back and figure out like my whole life? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and looking at that um, family pattern is usually a little bit farther along. So again, as I said, when they come into the call, are they at that deer in the headlights? I'm in the fire of the divorce stage mm -hmm. or are they self-reflecting and going, oh my gosh, what about me? How did I get here? How did I accept this kind of abuse? And it often leads back to the family patterns. Yeah, yeah. And definitely like, you know, the family pattern of recreating the same situations again and again and again. And again, we have that fear of, am I doing that? Am I doing that? And how do I stop that? Mm -hmm. Looking at if it's that fear as, am I like my mother? Am I going to raise my children? And look at the truth. Have you done it? You know, do you have compassion? Are you doing the best that you can? Do you have empathy for your child? Are you teaching them lessons? Are they allowed to have boundaries in your presence? Because that's a big hallmark of a, a narcissistic parent is that you were stifled. You were not allowed to be heard. You were not allowed to be seen. Do you do that to your child? look at those things and go, even if, if your spouse is yapping things in your ear, those recordings, whether they're physically there or they're old recordings that were stuck in there from the relationship, look at those and just decide, well, you know what? That's a lie. And I'm not going to own that lie. Even though you can self-reflect on it doesn't mean you have to own it. And that's an important part. You can just look at those things and don't be afraid of them. It's when we're afraid of them that we don't look at them, that they become something that amplifies and cripples us, puts us back under the covers. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how do people get over these fears and, and then like, how do, how are triggers kind of like woven into this, all of this? Well, when you're with a, an abusive person and, and um, you're coming out of that relationship, triggers are something that they know what your triggers are. They know exactly what buttons to push because they've been doing it all along. Sometimes it's very covertly, but they know if I talk about this, if, if I make her feel not heard, she's going to go to anger. Then she's going to be afraid of every decision that she has. They know your fears. So first you have to really be able to identify them and, and say, this is what I'm afraid of now. Write it down, look at it, but, but also learn how your body feels fear. If you don't know that when I get afraid and when fear comes in, my shoulders go like this or my solar plexus goes like that, or maybe you turn to the depressed side, maybe you go to the anger side, know what your triggers are based on how it makes your body feel. And when you have that feeling and go, oh, okay, I can't sleep at night. What's, what's causing that? Look at the fear um, and, and go through the feeling line first. I feel this, so maybe that's what's happening here. And then identify, I'm afraid of this potential thing happening. And when you look at that, I always tell people to go 
what's the worst case scenario? And you know, you've probably heard it a million times too, but when people are going through this, their fear is, can I financially take care of myself? So if we can use that for an example, as somebody's fear, we go, what's the worst case scenario? I'm a very big catastrophizer. It took me years to break it and I still go there, but I recover faster every time. So my body just goes, boom, you're gonna not be able to financially take care of yourself. And I imagined myself as the woman cleaning the high school late at night, going into the cafeteria to microwave my cat food can. That's where I talk that fear. And that fear crippled me. It wasn't true. You know, where was that coming from? I just built it in my mind. So to sit there and look at it and go, what's the worst case scenario is, well, I, I, I downgrade where I live. I, I live within my means. I make plans for what I have and what I need. And then that fear of can I take care of myself is a lot less. It doesn't get amplified because you've actually sort of taken the steps to understand this could happen. What am I going to do? How do I not let that fear happen? How do I make sure that I built up whatever I can, even though it might not be where I, I didn't lose it all in my divorce, but here's where I'm starting at ground zero. How can I get there so that I don't let that fear happen? And then dig into the fear a little bit deeper and say, is this fear just right now because I'm going through this divorce? Or is there something internally? When do I remember feeling this before? Oh, I remember feeling this when my mother used to tell me I was so stupid, I better marry well. That's what I discovered in that fear when I really looked, when did I feel this before? And then I went, so it's not right now. And then the reality was, Tracy, you've had your own company for 26 years. Where's the cat ladies coming from, right? It was sort of like, oh my God, the reality is it's not going to come true. And would you rather go to bed and think that's not going to come true? or go to bed thinking and picking out what kind of cat food you want to have when you're 80 and you're cleaning a school. Mm. Put your brain in the place that you want to be and know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's really important. I know. Um, yeah. I mean, I know I'm guilty of telling myself the scariest stories possible. Mm -hmm. And I love what you're saying about, um, you know, recognizing that, 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 it, that is a story and, and then, making a choice, you know, mm -hmm. do I want to put my energy into the story that I'm making up that's scaring me? Or do I really want to look at, is this true? Absolutely. Because it isn't something that we normally have in our tool belt. We, we, we know what our, our triggers are. We know how we deal with fears. We, we know that for me, Tracy's a catastrophizer. She's going to go there. Knowing that, and then going, oh, I'm catastrophizing. Whoop, I can come out of there so much faster. It's about recovery is not like this linear, I'm getting better. It's a roller coaster. And your dream, remember when you're on a roller coaster, the first one, you go all the way down. So you go all the way up, right? Mm -hmm. We want to go smaller and smaller until it flattens out, just like a roller coaster. So be happy with the wins of those times when, oh, that only took me 10 minutes to figure that out. Awesome, right? That's a plus when you've had a lifetime of catastrophizing or listening to the recordings in your head that weren't true. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And what a, what a relief it takes off of us when we can realize like, it's not, you know, it's not like all of a sudden we're all better. Right. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, it's, it's, it's learning how to manage 
the ups and downs and, and just have things a little more like less um, roller coastery, I guess, extreme, right? Swinging mm -hmm. back and forth to the extremes. And forgiving yourself. Like you might have a good, terrible day and a good, terrible day means you put yourself under the covers and you didn't watch, you didn't do anything because you were frozen. Forgive yourself. I had a bad day. That doesn't mean tomorrow's going to be a bad day. I'm just going, I'm going to sit in this. I'm going to be okay with today's the shitty day. Tomorrow, I'm not going to hold on to that. It's going to come in. Get it out. Look at those, feel those feelings and forgive yourself if it happens and you go back down in a, in a position that scares you and goes, I don't want to go back there. Ah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us why it's so important for people to look at their fears after a toxic relationship, because, you know, we, we have established it is scary to look fear in the face, but it's important to do this. Right. And it's important, not only for the moment so that you can bring more peace to your life, but it's important because every fear that you have is a vulnerability, a vulnerability that another abuser can exploit. If you are afraid of taking care of yourself, you're going to find someone that's going to step up and be your knighting shining armor, right? That doesn't mean they're there forever. And that doesn't mean give up your dream of, oh, I've got to start taking care of myself now, right? So they're going to see that that's a vulnerability. Your fear is going to bring in and sometimes even make decisions for you. If you're afraid of taking care of yourself and someone comes along, maybe they're good enough. Maybe that'll solve the fear if they come in and they rescue me, right? That fear is your vulnerability. If you don't understand them, someone else like an abuser is going to see them and they're going to exploit them and take you right down a rabbit hole that you thought you were doing the right thing and it's gonna end up being another mistake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's in our best interest to look at these fears and overcome them because it, it does set us up to be, to be taken advantage of. Absolutely. Again, look at your fears, write them all down. Like there could be a list of fears this long. What happens when, when they, they come? How do I feel? How will I tackle it? How will I find the proof and evidence that that's not really going to happen? And what can I do to alleviate that from happening so that I have the confidence, if that happens, then I'll do this. If you don't have a, then I'll do this plan, back under the covers we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I just lock, like locked onto that word that you used, finding the evidence, mm -hmm. right? Because, because a lot of times we go to the past and we look at past evidence to prove beliefs that don't serve us and then when we're when we're trying to switch gears and we're trying to like change the way that we think and change our mindset then you know there's there's looking for the new evidence mm -hmm. right and, and we're mostly afraid of things that are unknown obviously so we don't know what the future is going to hold so that's scary if you look at the fact that, well, I want to go to Paris and I don't really know what I'm going to do, what streets I'm going to walk down. I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's fun and it's exciting. The unknown doesn't have to be scary. It has to be a plan. If we're going to go to Paris, you're going to write down what you want to do. You're going to figure out when the museum opens or whatever happens. And there's no more fear about that particular thing. Same thing goes with life. Plan it, think about it, and try to understand that 
um, only I can control the fears. And when they come, I can make sense of them or I can let them control me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So Tracy, what's the one thing you really want our listeners to take away from this interview? Well, I think it's, it's knowing yourself, knowing your body, knowing how you process things and knowing that you're doing the best job that you can and that you will get through it. You know, all of the recordings in your head, the triggers that have happened, you'll be more alert. And, and, you know, I heard this said something like this recently where trauma changes us. And again, that's the unknown. Oh gosh, did trauma make me this horrible thing and all of these emotions that are coming out? Or did trauma make me more careful with my life? Am I gonna be more cautious with the people I let in? Yes. Am I gonna be smarter to watch for red flags? Yes. So knowing that you have that arsenal of tools in your, your belt because of trauma, trauma's made you better. It, it doesn't feel like it right now because you're in like this cesspool of crazy, mm -hmm. but trauma is going to make you stronger because on the other side of trauma is, you know, cupcakes and rainbows. It really is sort of like, what do I want it to be? We get to write that chapter. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much, Tracy. And you've got a special gift to give to our viewers today, don't you? I do. It, it's actually um, a worksheet, um, three worksheets that I, I do with my support groups and with the ladies that I work with. And, and it's about your fears. It's a, it's a sheet to like, look at your fears. What's the worst case scenario? What can I do? What's the proof and evidence of this? Maybe the birth of a fear. Why do I remember feeling this? Is it just now? Is it something that I have as a recording? Oh, it's a recording. I can turn off the recording. Look at this. And the last sheet is, I can see how fear has blank. I, has, I can see that fear made me marry two men because I thought they'd take care of me, right? That was the fear. Now, if I don't have the fear and I don't have that need, that fear can't control me anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And what a generous gift because um, like you said, like until we look at our fears and get familiar with them, then they're going to hold us hostage. So you are, you are handing our viewers a key to their own cage. So everyone that does this worksheet just comes out and just is like, I never thought of it this way. And I think life is about looking at things from a different perspective. We just have to see it in all sides. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Oh, Tracy, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and your wisdom and your free gift with us. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you everybody for joining us for Trusting After Trauma Season 2, Rebuilding Resiliency After Narcissistic Abuse. Remember to keep checking your email so that you don't miss any of the amazing interviews in this series. We'll continue to explore with our experts on how we can rebuild resiliency after narcissistic abuse and heal our body, mind, and spirit to live joyful, authentic lives. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much.